welcome to the latest episode of Lipstick Coffee Jesus. I'm Sean. I'm Vanity. And we are here with another episode. So tonight I am drinking Blueberry Buckle again. It's feeling a little springy out here, even though, as everyone is aware, we're stuck in the house. So I thought that I would try Blueberry Buckle today. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Southern Belle. It's a favorite of mine. It's weather's finally starting to warm up. Of course, we can't really enjoy the warm weather right now, but that's what I'm drinking tonight. All right, great. So everyone, as you're aware, this is Women's History Month. Even though we all are quarantined, we're still going to utilize this time to talk about the women who have made major contributions to society and to our lives. So how about you start with who your fact is? So my fun fact is about Madam C.J. Walker. Um, She is a philanthropist, an entrepreneur. Um, She was the founder of the Madam C.J. Walker Manufacturing Company, which was known for its cosmetic products, particularly her hair care line for African-Americans. And at the time of her death, um, she was noted as being one of the richest self-made women at that time. And there's actually um, a Netflix documentary that's out called Self-Made. I believe it's a few episodes based on her life. So she was just a really an inspiration um, for just Black entrepreneurs and especially in the cosmetic and hair care industry. She was very much a pioneer in that area. So that's my person for today. So today I chose someone who is lesser known, but is definitely super important when it comes to the medical field and medical society. And that is Henrietta Lacks. So Henrietta Lacks, she was born in Roanoke, Virginia. And she was an African-American woman whose cancer cells were the source of the HeLa cell line. And they're the first immortalized human cell line and one of the most important cell lines in medical research. Um, So five important facts about her. Um, Before her cells existed or before her cells were used, scientists spent more time trying to keep cells alive than actually performing the research that was needed. And because of Henrietta Lacks cells, um, her cells allowed everyone to uh, be freed up when it came time for discovery and actually practicing medicine. In 1952, that was the worst time of the polio epidemic and her cells were used to test a vaccine. And because of her cells, she protected millions. Her cells, because they behave differently, scientists learn how to isolate one specific cell and multiply it and start a cell line. And what's so important about her is that even today, her cells live on even though she has died more than 50 years ago. And if you want to learn more about Henrietta Lacks, you can find out more about her, not just online, but she also has a movie that was done by OWN in 2017, and it's called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. So anyone can look up who she is and see how important she was to modern medical society and her contributions, even in her death. So today we are talking about what everyone is talking about, which is how everyone is getting through this time of the coronavirus. So as I'm sure the rest of our listeners are, you are at home or you're probably in a safe, a safe space, at least we hope you are. And you are coping with what is now um, a new norm. So it's been one full week since people have been ordered home. And we want to just talk about what that has done for us this week and kind of reflect on this week. So Vanity, how about you start? What is what has this week brought for you? And tell us about what's going on. 
It's been really interesting. I know I say that a lot, but whenever certain things happen, at some point I like to kind of observe and experience at the same time. So for me, it's been a time to really kind of reflect. It's been amazing how you have, like you said, a lifestyle that you're accustomed to. And then a lot of things get stripped away. I I thought, especially like last week, when, you know, first the sports shut down, then entertainment shut down, then businesses shut down. And now we're all at home. And on one side, it's crazy because we're up against this virus, which we can't really see. People aren't necessarily showing signs of it. But on the flip side, um, we have now we have more time for those of us who are at home and not necessarily experiencing any sickness. So on one side, I feel for all those people who are having to shut down their businesses and having to, they're not necessarily sure where their next paycheck is coming from. I really feel for those people or people who are like immunocompromised, people who don't necessarily have the best home situations are now stuck at home. So on one side, I'm really feeling for those people. On the other side, I'm really excited about the time home. I've learned just because I go 50 miles a minute sometimes, the the beauty in slowing down. And so even in the midst of the circumstances, not losing sight of the fact that we have this moment and this opportunity to slow down to really re- reevaluate some things and then take some time to do what we said we didn't have time to do. Uh, so it's, 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 I'm kind of between those two really embracing where we are, but then still trying to be mindful that not everybody has an ideal situation. With me, this has been definitely an, um, like you said, an opportunity to slow down. I, and constantly on the go, not necessarily because I want to, it's just where I am in my life. But the ability to be home um, more often is definitely welcome for me. Though, unfortunately, I would not have had it under these circumstances and situations. And I would never want my slowing down to be as a result of someone's pain um, or, you know, negative circumstances. So I definitely recognize that I am blessed in that matter. Um, I'm still working. So I unfortunately have not been able to slow down in that respect. So even though I'm home, I still have been working really, really long hours. We've had super tight deadlines over the past week. And I'm just looking forward to Honestly, the weekend coming up and being able to take time out for myself, what I do appreciate is, again, something that I don't take for granted, which is um, the ability for my family to be home. So when you go through these times and you experience these times of what feels like unrest or uncertainty, um, knowing that my family is home with me and that, you know, they're all safe and that I don't have to necessarily be concerned with them you know, I don't want to say that they can't catch the virus because you can, but it's limited in the fact that they are with us. And so I definitely am appreciative of that. And uh, we are all 
introverts, I think, except one. One child is not. And so one has definitely wanted to be out and about or what have you. And I can see how it's hard for that particular child. But everyone else is kind of taking it in. Um, it's been super peaceful, even though there's so much going out, going on in the world around us. And, you know, we've had to work long hours. It's still been super peaceful. And I just really thank God for that. Um, it's just a testament to what Christian life is supposed to be. Like, even though the world may be very chaotic and, you know, so much is going on around in the world, that God can still give you and your family peace in the midst of all of these storms. And so I just feel really blessed and really thankful um, about that. And like you said, I don't take for granted that there are so many people out there who are in homes where there is not that peaceful environment where they don't know where the next meal is coming from, you know, children who are in bad situations, like all of that does kind of, I don't want to say it weighs down on me, but it just makes me even more grateful that God, you know, has kept us even in the midst of all that's going on. Absolutely. And I think too, my, my focus is kind of shifted to, so now that we're here, um, like you said, there is as a believer, some benefits, even in the midst of what you're going through because the one thing I have seen especially on social media is kind of going back and forth between people about like what's the best response so to speak so for people who may not necessarily um, be believers or have that same faith base there's like a lot of mass hysteria panic fear rightfully so because once again, we're up against something we can't necessarily see. We don't necessarily know where it is. And then amongst the believers, it's a argument of what's the best response or is that the right response, which to me, it's kind of immature, but that goes without saying. But I do feel like what you said, that there is a peace and there is a benefit that when you trust and put your trust in the Lord, that you can be in a storm, but not be overtaken by it. Yeah. And I, I like what you said about how, you know, people, you know, and at different levels of maturity, mind you, um, are making these arguments about what the church's response should and should not be. And, you know, the first thing is one, every Every church, even though we all hear from God, we're at different points in our lives. And so you have to do, you know, as a pastor, I feel for them because they have such tough decisions to make. Very hard decision to make. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think sometimes that we don't give pastors enough grace where one, yes, you know, they hear from God and they're responsible for the sheep, but you also have to recognize that they're people too, that they have families too, and that, you know, it's not just as simple as, oh, whether I should shut down or should I not? And then there's also, you know, souls, like there's sheep out there who are faced with real problems each and every day. And sometimes the church is their only, you know, avenue of escape. And so to have these arguments online or, you know, on on the web or what have you about what the church's position should be, at the end of the day, all of our positions should simply be to pray and not to judge what God has given each ministry. Because each ministry, again, is in a different in a different space. But we also have to recognize that our churches are in a different 
in a different era. So back then, the apostles who were Jesus followers, they did not agree on everything. And they were friends and followers of Jesus. And in the likewise, we're going to have those same things happen today. But the different respect is now people are sued all the time. And once the church is sued because, you know, oh, we have they held service and someone caught the coronavirus, they have to think in terms of, all right, am I willing to be bankrupt because I stayed open? And it's just these situations are just not so cut and dry. And so I really respect the position that the churches have taken that even though we recognize and we know, yes, that faith is there and that the same God who has healed people time and time again can do so now, it's not a lack of faith in, you know, the, of the church. Sometimes I think that the faith of the people are not always there and you have to, you have to make decisions as a whole. And so I really thank God that he has given even the leaders of this nation in the form of pastors, wisdom to know, you know, what we should do in this time. And so I also thank God for that. You mentioned something that I think is really important, and that's faith and wisdom. Um, I think that faith, wisdom, and maturity all go hand in hand, especially when you're in the middle of adversity or challenging times, because right now, people will take a position based on faith or claim that it's a lack of faith when really it's wisdom and trying to make the best decision for a large group of people. Yes, we do believe in the power of healing, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to be all giving hugs and shaking hands and giving kisses to everybody right now. That doesn't mean that I don't have faith because we're participating in social distancing because even within our faith one we're still supposed to be obeying the laws of the land and you have to exercise wisdom god gives us wisdom so that we can walk out our lives daily and so not sometimes as believers we kind of put the responsibility on God when really God gives us wisdom so that we can act responsibly ourselves. And in a situation like this, faith is not when the directive is to stay home to say, okay, I'm going to go hug every person I can find, or I'm going to be anywhere and everywhere because I have faith. No, that's rebellion and disobedience. And quite frankly, it's recklessness. But that doesn't exemplify, okay, I trust God. I'm going to just do whatever I want. That's not, it's not the same thing. So I think, especially as believers, when we're in challenging times, it's really important to understand the difference between what God will do and what God is asking us to do and not to put the responsibility on God for things that we can do ourselves if we exercise Mm -hmm. wisdom and temperance. And not just the responsibility on God, but then even the responsibility on the people that God has put in place, right. you know, not, not making it all about them because we, you're right. We do have some, we do have some stake in the game. Like for example, um, are, are we talking about it instead of praying? Um, and, and it's human. It's so human to have human. certain yeah. responses, even fear, you know, the Bible says that we ought not to, succumb to fear because he's given us power, 
love and a sound mind, but humanity and flesh will say, you know what, this is going on. I'm seeing all of these things on the internet. I'm seeing all of these things on TV. I'm getting all these emails from work, you know, tell you talking about what the response should be. All these businesses are closing down, you know, whether you're single or whether you're not, you know, fear can try to creep in but then there comes like you said the your responsibility which is let me go ahead and snatch that thought back because God did not give me the spirit of fear he said that he would never leave us nor forsake us he said that you know in the middle of each and every storm that all we have to do is speak to it and says peace be still so we have all these things that we're able to do you know in everything give thanks in everything pray pray without ceasing so it's all these things that God has given us because he knew that these times would be here but like you said are we doing what we're supposed to do in that respect to make sure that we have the right response and that we are showing the light that we are called to be. Yeah. And I, I think you, you mentioned it too, with the thoughts, bringing them captive and understanding that, okay, not everyone has the same level of faith. Everybody's given a different measure of faith. So, okay. You find yourself in a position where you are getting fearful or you're around somebody who is in a position where they're, they're scared, rightfully so, especially if you're, say, a small business owner and your whole, you don't know where your livelihood's coming from because now you have to shut your doors. You have to be compassionate to where each person is and how certain circumstances affects others. I think that as I mature as not only a person, but as a believer, getting the understanding that not everybody is where you are and what's your response to that so if you find yourself and okay you're at a more peaceful state and you see someone who might be a little more fearful what's your response because sometimes now what i'm seeing is the response is that of like judgment and condemnation oh you're a believer you should know better but the fact of the matter is is that scriptures are easy to read but a little more difficult to live out especially when you're challenged. Oh, yes. Challenged with adversity. And so knowing that you see somebody who might be struggling, you know, if the Bible says if your brother's overtaken by a fault, then you who are spiritual restore him. So are we, are, are, all, are those people who see people kind of struggling in this time, are you providing hope? Are you providing encouragement? Are you kind of, saying, okay, I'm going to walk here with you and kind of reassure you, what are we doing to be a part of the solution as opposed to magnifying the problem? Because like you said, thoughts will come. And even to the most strongest person, thoughts come. And you might find yourself in a position where you, you try, but you're fearful. And so you might not be able to encourage yourself. But those people who are at peace and those people who see others who might be struggling, okay, you see somebody complaining, you say, okay, I'm going to be the one to try and inject some hope in the situation. I'm going to inject and say, hey, guys, reminder, like this is what God's word says. And somebody, this might be their first real trial or real circumstance that they've been in. And so you don't necessarily learn how to walk out scriptures and go through adversity until you go through it 
So just learning to be more compassionate, learning to be a little more patient, asking yourself how to be a part of the solution as opposed to pointing the finger because that doesn't that doesn't get us anywhere. And just continuing to declare God's word and what he said is really important. I've always heard the older saints say, you know, you have to you have to know the word for yourself. Mm-hmm. But right now, as I've been going through different circumstances and challenges in my own personal life, I'm finally getting to the place where I understand that to be true because th- there will come a time where what you're faced with on a day-to-day does not match up with what you read in the Bible or what other people tell you about God. And so at that point, you have to either embrace your circumstances or you lean on the word. And so sometimes you lean on the word until your life follows and gets in line, but they don't always go together. And if you believe what you see, and not the faith, then you think. But that's not something I learned until I got to that position and fell a few times. While we're on the track of learning, um, as you just spoke about, what would you say is the thing that you are learning the most out of this one scenario or situation? What have you learned the most over the past week? Could be anything. I, I would say it's actually been this entire year. The, this year, and you know, I started off the year getting laid off. And it was not something I expected. It was not something I had planned for. I was not prepared. And you know me, I'm a person. I'm all about, I need to be prepared. I need worst case scenario, scenario A, B through Z. And so I can anticipate. And this was something I didn't anticipate. And so now I'm learning that you will hit a point in life that all your best laid plans, everything you've mapped out, your knowledge will fail you. Your money will fail you. The system that you put your trust in will fail you. The people who you usually rely on, they will fail you. And that's not a necessarily a bad thing. It's just to show you that the Lord is your only help. And that's just where I'm at now, that God is my only help. And God works through people. God works through situations. God works through circumstances, but ultimately it's God. And so it took all of that and me kind of being stripped away from my little safety nets that I had created for myself to recognize that at the end of the day, it's you and God. And whatever he gives you is a blessing. And whatever he takes away, he has something else for you. And even though I fall, I'm not lost. I'm not sunken. It's just, that's just something that I didn't anticipate. But no matter how, at whatever place I find myself, as long as I stay with God, then it's enough to rebuild. It's enough to get up. It's, he's enough that I can start over again. So that's just that's just where I'm at in life is that as long as I have God, that's enough to get to where I need to go, no matter how I anticipated or felt like I should be going through a situation. For me, I didn't have my mission until last night. And last night, um, as many churches have have gone online. And so. I will back up just a little bit to when I was in school. So I have been in Christian school all of my life. So essentially, uh, except for about two years, I have spent 
all of my educational training in Christian school. And so I reflected back last night after watching everything on this is like literally what they have been talking about my whole life. Like I, you know, you, you hear all the time, the Lord is seen to come, you know, that the world only will only get worse and worse and worse and not speaking those things, but just knowing that according to the word of God, that it says that these things will happen and you take these things so lightly and here it is, you know, decades later and this stuff is coming to pass. And so yesterday when I saw everyone, you know, who could on the call, um, you know, on the video call, conference call, it really made me think, you know, if the world goes back to what it was, you know, we humble ourselves, we pray, we turn from our ways, you know, and we repent that the Lord will heal, heal, heal our land. And with that, I was thinking yesterday, you know, if let's say things don't ever go back to the norm, like 9-11, things never went back to the way it was prior to 9-11. If things don't go back to the way it was, you know, did you really take the opportunity to really live in the moment and not live for what's coming up? And what I mean by that is we go to church You know, some of us, it feels a little mundane, like we do the same things over and over again. You come in, you greet the people, you know, you have service, you may hang out a little bit and you leave. But sometimes we take those interactions for granted because we say, oh, it's just church. (laughs) But sometimes we we do these things not recognizing, is this going to be the last time? And so it really gave me a, a true appreciation for the community that is church. Yes, church is each of us and church is inside of us. Like we are the church, but also a part of church is that community. A part of church is the the ability to be able to lean on one another and gain strength from one another um, for the week to come. And I was thinking about, you know, I, if we go back to some semblance of normalcy that I don't want to take for granted those interactions the way that I did before. And so that's what I've learned. That's really true. And the other thing that has really been beautiful for me to see is one, the reconnection of all the families. I thought that was, it's been really, really nice to see everyone at home. And just the level of compassion and decency that I've seen, um, not just from people, but from businesses. And like you said, I'm hoping that whenever all this passes over, that the root of what we are experiencing, even though it's under these circumstances, but that level of care, that level of compassion, that level of making sure that we are concerned about one another. I'm hoping that we still keep some of that with us because those are the things that really matter. Now that we're not being entertained and not kind of being distracted by the day-to-day life of things, we can see what's really important and what's really important is our faith. What's really important is how we treat one another. What's really important is connection. And like you said, that community and that fellowship. So I'm really hoping that after all this, we still keep those things because that's what really matters. 
Well, thank you all for listening um, this week. We are hoping that you are in a place of peace. Um, we do understand that some of you are experiencing some hard times. Uh, for those who are business owners, as Vanity mentioned earlier, the Small Business Association is uh, giving money out or lending money during this time. So you can visit sba.gov. Scholly, S-C-H-O-L-L-Y.com is also helping out students. So you can reach them if you need any assistance. Um, if you need any support from us, you can find us at LipstickCoffeeJesus.com and also LipstickCoffeeJesus at gmail.com. And then also on our Facebook page, LipstickCoffeeJesus19 on Instagram and LipstickCoffeeJesus on Facebook. Uh, we're praying for you. We love you. And we hope that you're encouraged by today. Yes. And for those who might be uh, need some encouragement, we'll also include some scriptures that will help you in trying times. We love you all. We're praying for you all. Stay safe. Wash your hands. <laughs> good Have a good night.